House Democrats officially impeach President Trump. My name is Sean Clinton, and this is the Guide to Freedom Show. Alrighty, guys. Um, yeah, that's probably the shortest intro I've ever had in this show. But um, I hope everyone has had a great week so far. I'm happy it's Saturday now. Uh, we have a lot to get today, so let's not waste too much time. But before I actually get started, um, I do want to like remind you that if you're you know watching this on say Facebook or Instagram, um, I encourage y'all to actually watch the full video because um, you're definitely missing a lot towards the end because only post up maybe 15 minutes of the video. And you're missing a good bit of content as well. And for this video, at least, I'm doing a review for the new Star Wars movie and all that good stuff. And also, you can also um, you can find me in podcast form on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. And um, I am trying to get it on iTunes right now, but they're being jerks. But yeah, like I said, I'm, we have a lot to get to today, so let's jump right into it. So, in case you're living under a rock, you probably know that President Trump has been impeached, officially the third um, president in U.S. history that has been impeached. Now, what was he impeached over? Well, pretty much nothing. I mean, the two articles that Democrats filed was, um, Article 1 was abuse of power, and Article 2 was obstruction of Congress. Both of them have no, like, legal, like... no legal like background or anything like abuse of power is not even illegal I mean the what this whole thing started is with of course President Trump made a deal with Ukraine not a deal but was holding back Ukraine from aid from Ukraine to order for them to investigate um, some kind of like sorry corruption issues that happened in 2016 and all that and what Democrats accuse him of is actually using that to go after Joe Biden for the 2020 election. But there's no evidence of that whatsoever. It's more evidence of him doing it for corruption reasons in 2016. Is it bad? Yes. Is it illegal? No. So, yeah, as far as abuse of power, they have nothing on him. Which is why, you know, they, if they did have something, like they keep saying they did, they would have included it in the charges. But they didn't. So that tells you they even know they don't have anything. Then Article 2 is the exception of Congress, which that is makes absolutely no sense. And it's very weak, weak case. Like, I don't think, is the exception of Congress even a thing? I mean, probably is, but that includes with exception of justice as well. But they have, like, no, like, Legal, they'd have no reason to say that he obstructed Congress. Like the only case they made was where that he, and like, basically that he said that his people they want, they wanted to talk to, said they're not going to go into the impeachment hearings and testify. I mean that's all he said, but that's not obstructed Congress. That's just Trump saying something. And plus, if Democrats really wanted to get to talk to those folks, they could have easily subpoenaed them. And if you know. If they ignored the subpoena, that's not that's still not illegal at all. It's not a perception of Congress. So what would happen was the subpoenas would then be appealed to the courts. And the courts found that they have to obey the subpoena and still and they st- still refuse. Then that would be a obstruction of Congress and a obstruction of justice. But that didn't happen because Democrats never subpoenaed them. So there was really nothing to obstruct. So, in other, in other words, the Democrats have nothing here to impeach him with. It was all pretty much partisan reasons. They want him out. They want him out from the beginning. So, on Wednesday, um, yeah, House Democrats held a vote and officially, for both, both articles of people have passed. And here are the results for them. Article 1, abuse of power. See, we have a total of four Democrats... Yeah, total, actually, sorry. Total number of votes for yes is 230, and the no was 197. Present was one, and it got three that didn't vote. And for, as I just split up here, is uh, for Democrats, it was 229 that voted yes for Article 1. Zero Republicans voted yes for um, Article 1. 
and the one independent voted yes. And then for no's, um, two Democrats voted yes. I mean, sorry, voted no for Article 1. 100, all the Republicans voted no. And then as far as the whole president thing, that was Tulsi Gabbard that voted uh, president to this whole thing. And then there was uh, a few that didn't vote. Then for Article 2, it's pretty much the same thing. It was uh, 229 to 198. Right here, that voted um two twenty nine yes and then one ninety eight no. Um, it was two twenty eight that for Democrats voted yes, zero Republicans voted yes, and the one independent of course voted yes. Then for no's it was three Democrats this time, and then one ninety all Republicans voted no, and then Tulsi Gabbard once again voted president. So, in other words, it all passed and all that. So, yeah. President Trump is, is officially impeached and like, all the Democrats are all like super excited. The media is super excited that they finally they finally got him with impeachment and all that. Or to, but until they realize that he is still president because in order for him to actually be removed from office, that he it has to be sent to the Senate in order for them to convict him and throw him out of office. Which the chances of that happening is zero, but I should get that to a little later. So here is actually some of the Democrats like responses and what they were saying during the hearings and all that. It's quite hilarious, to be honest. Let's see. Alright, so in the and hope in the opening for the um impeachment vote, here's what Nancy Pelosi had to say. It is, it is so hilarious, and pretty much every Democrat echoed this right here. Let's see. The House acted on a very sad day to protect the Constitution of the United States. She said, it was a press rhyme, I'm sorry, but yeah. That's right the House acted on a very sad day to protect the Constitution of the United States. But is it appropriate and urgent, she said. And pretty much every like Democrat echoed this right here. Like here is uh, Representative Ben Ray. No one came to Congress to impeach a president. We came here to solve the mighty issues that impact the lives of the constituents. Obviously, that we pledge to serve, but this woman has found us. Yeah, so pretty much like all the Democrats echoed this right here. Basically saying this is a sad and somber moment for them to impeach the president. But they have to they have to do it to protect the Constitution and all that. Because they really care about the Constitution. That's why they did this. And anybody who says this for political reasons is lying. Sure. I'm, sh I'm very sure that the Democrats cared about the Constitution in this case, I'm pretty, I'm so sure that this was not partisan anyway. Yeah. Bologna. This is, it was all partisan. And like, when they were saying this is a somber and sad moment, BS. It was all an act to make it seem like, you know, they didn't want to do this. Bull, bull crap. They've been wanting to do this since he was elected president. From the very beginning, that there was several, like Dem um, Representative Al Green, he wanted to impeach the president as soon as he got into office. They want to find something to pin to impeach him, because this was all partisan right here, all because they're still mad that he won in 2016. So they've been finding any way to make that election illegitimate or whatever, and their claim is that if they don't impeach him now, is that he will now. He would then cheat in 2020, which, okay, makes no sense theory. So they're already claiming 2020 is going to be illegitimate election if they don't impeach him now, which tells you that they don't think they have a good shot at winning the presidency in 2020, which they also don't. Uh, the polls and this whole thing has been brutal for them, very brutal. I'll get to, I'll get to get that to a little, a little later, but it's just been... It's been hilarious. 
to watch the Democrats pretty much lying to the American people saying they only do this for to protect the Constitution. All baloney. And then you have, you know, some on the right. Um, Republicans, you know, made very good cases. Like, of course, cut out the Democrats for their, you know, this is all partisan reasons. They only do this because they don't like the president and all that. And that's totally true. And, of course, you know, there were some the kind of dumb responses to this whole thing. Um, here was a comment from Representative Barry Loudermilk. I hope I said that right. From is from Georgia. It's, here's what he said. It's, it's so this is stupid right here. I'm sorry, but it is. When Jesus was falsely accused of treason, Pontius Pilate gave Jesus the opportunity to face his accusers. During the sh- that sham trial, Pontius Pilate afforded more rights to Jesus than the Democrats have afforded this president in this process. Okay, it is true that. And President Trump hasn't been treated fairly in this process. But to compare that to what Jesus went through in his crucifixion, that is that is way too far. Way too far. Like, like people saying that, you know, President Trump is completely clean as a driven snow and instant in this whole thing. Not exactly. I mean what he what actually happened is that he did he did um use it, the military air to Ukraine as a leverage to vent them investigate corruption. Like I said, that is bad. It's not legal, but it is bad. Because I mean, it was all based on bad information from uh, uh, Giul- Giuliani. I, his last name. Mayor Giuliani. Let's go with that. For some reason, his name blanks on me. So, yeah, comparing the two makes no sense whatsoever. But, yeah, this whole thing's just been nuts. And, you know, of course, like, there was many on the left who were celebrating, yes, we finally got him in office, we got him in office, only to realize a few minutes later, that, oh, wait, he's still president. He has to go to the Senate. And like I said before, the chances of that even happening, of it going to... Senate, very, very unlikely. Very unlikely. So, so we have Senator, so Senator McConnell has um, responded to this, and he's rightly kind of ticked off by this whole thing, and he said that, you know, they're not probably not even going to consider doing a trial or anything, and he has every right to do that. And he said, "I'm not going to be impartial about this whole thing because Democrats are not being impartial." Again, he's ever right to say that, and he's completely right. But when he said, "You know, he's not going to be impartial," this this prompted all the Democrats to say, "Oh, how dare he say he's not being impartial? He should be recused from this trial." Anybody who's who, anybody who's say they want to be you know, defend President Trump should be recused from this um, trial. Which means that what they really want to say is that all only Democrats should be able to vote on impeachment in the Senate. Which changes that happening zero. And McConnell, Senator McConnell is not going to let that happen whatsoever. But yeah, there's actually there's some people saying that he should be recused from the impeachment trial. Which makes no sense whatsoever. I will get to that. But here's a piece of news we get about it. A Democratic senator has said that there is increasing talk that Mitch McConnell should recuse himself from President Donald Trump's likely impeachment trial. Senator Sherrod Brown of Ohio told MSNBC on Tuesday that the GOP senator majority leader had no respect for the institution. After McConnell told the brothers he was not an impartial juror and viewed the anticipated trial of the president as a political process, it is, which is completely legally right and constitutionally right. The impeachment is a completely political process. Completely. So, so technically, you can impeach a president for any reason, but the founders did recommend needs to have some element of crime in it. 
but legally speaking, you don't have to have a crime per se. In in other words, it is all political process, all political. So, and it continues. The Democrat senator also claimed that his own biases against Trump were immaterial and said that he would decide to vote based solely only on the evidence. Yeah, freaking right. Anybody who says that they're going to vote based solely on the evidence at hand is lying right here. Like, lying. What's so irritating about this whole thing is that Democrats keep saying, you know, they're being, they're not, they're being impartial with it. They're, they're only being objective to this whole thing. And it's not true. And most of the Democrats saying that want him out of office since, like, day one. So that makes that makes no sense whatsoever. So now here's actually Senator McConnell's full uh full quote, I think. Yeah. Um He said, I think it's pretty sad to say that in a partisan exercise like this, sort of sign up people this people sort of sign up with their own side. I think we're going to get an almost entirely partisan impeachment that would anticipate, anticipate an, an almost entirely partisan outcome in this Senate as well, which is most likely to happen, even if it, if it goes to a vote. And McConnell has every right to block a vote. Obviously, they don't have the, they don't have the stuff for it. So, yeah, I mean, there's been all sorts of, you know, crazy responses to it. You know, Democrats responding to it and all that. Republicans, you know, just make, making some very good claims or defenses and all that. Then we have President Trump, and he has actually made some really good defenses himself. Like last night at the rally, um, on Wednesday night, I believe he had a rally about um the impeachment stuff, and he was he said a lot of true things. I um, mean, of course, he did have some little boo boos, and all that. He went after. A dead representative and all that which is very gross stuff but that's the president for you but here is the best thing right here this is a letter that President Trump sent to Nancy Pelosi on Tuesday it is is golden it's colorful it's just hilarious in itself and I'll have the link in the description below in the video all right so here is what it says dear Madam speaker I write to express my strongest and most powerful protest against the partisan impeachment crusade being pursued by the Democrats in the House of Representatives. This impeachment represents an unprecedented and unconstitutional abuse of power by Democrat lawmakers unequaled in nearly two and a half centuries of American legislative history. The articles of impeachment introduced by the House Judiciary Committee are not recognizable under any standard of constitutional theory, interpretation, or jurisprudence. They include no crimes, no misdemeanors, no misdemeanors, and no offenses whatsoever. You have cheapened the importance of the very ugly word impeachment. He is totally right. And like, what this sets up is a precedent to where, you know, in the future, a lot more presidents could be impeached because of this right here. But by proceeding with your valid impeachment, we are, you are violating the oath, your oath office. You are breaking your allegiance to the Constitution. You are declaring open war on American democracy. You dare to evoke the founding fathers in pursuit of this election nullification scheme. Yet, your spiteful actions display unfettered contempt for America's founding, and your Egregious conduct threatens to destroy that which our founders pledged their very lives to help to build. Even worse than offending the founders, you are offending Americans by. Excuse me. Wait, I lost my place. You're offending Americans by of Americans of faith by continually saying, "I pray for the president." When you know the statement is not true, unless it is meant in a negative sense, it is a terrible thing you are doing, but you will ha you have to live with it, not I. 
Your first claim is your first claim, abuse of power, is a completely distinguished, meritless and baseless invention of your imagination. You know that I had a totally innocent conversation with the president of Ukraine. I then had a second conversation that has been misquoted, mischaracterized, and fraudulently misrepresented. Fortunately, fortunately, there was a transcript of the conversation taken, and you know from the transcript, which was immediately available, made available, that the paragraph in question was perfect. I said to President Lewinsky, I would like to, to do us a favor. Though, because our country has been through a lot, of, and Ukraine knows a lot about it, I said do us a favor, not me, in our country, not a campaign. And he's totally right. Like, Democrats would keep saying that he was put in the transcript saying, oh, it was he said do me a favor. No, he said do us a favor, the meaning do the country a favor and investigate all the kind of corruption and all that. And, yeah. Now, it's kind of funny that he says, like, it's a perfect phone call. It's not not quite, but it's still, still. You're turning a policy disagreement between two branches of government into an impeachable offense. It is no more legitimate than the executive branch charging members of Congress with crimes for the lawful exercise of legislative power. You know full well that the vice president, the vice president of Biden, used his office and one billion dollars of U.S. aid money to coerce Ukraine into firing the prosecutor who was digging into the company, paying his some um, millions of dollars. You know this because Biden bragged about it on video, which is true. Biden openly stated, "I said, I'm telling you, you are not letting get in the billion billion dollars." I looked at them and said, "I'll leave it in six hours." The prosecutor is not f- fired. You're not getting the money. Well, he well he got fired. Even Joe Biden admitted just days ago in an interview with NPR that it looked bad. Now you're trying to impeach me by falsely accusing me of doing what Joe Biden has admitted he actually did. And President Slonsky has repeatedly declared that I did nothing wrong and that there was no pressure or authority. And that's the key. You know, the President Slonsky has um, over and over said that he didn't feel pressure by the phone call or anything. And I don't think the investigation even happened fully. So, yeah, I mean, again, the Democrats have no claim on the whole Ukraine thing whatsoever, which is where this whole thing started. The second claim, so-called obstruction of Congress, is preposterous and dangerous. Fact or true? House Democrats are trying to impeach the duly elected president of the United States Bar for asserting constitutionally based privileges that have been asserted on a bipartisan basis by administrations of both parties throughout our nation's history. Under that standard, every American president would have been impeached many times over. As a liberal law professor, Jonathan Turley warned then when addressing the congressional Democrats, I can't emphasize emph- sorry. Excuse me. I can't emphasize this enough. If you impeach a president, if if you make a high crime misdemeanor out of going to the courts, it is an abuse of power. It's your abuse of power. You're doing you're doing precisely what you criticize the president doing. Everyone you included knows what is really happening. Your chosen candidate lost the election in 2016 in electoral landslide, 306 to 27, and you and your party have never recovered from this defeat. Fact check, completely true. This is exactly what this whole thing is about. Exactly what it's about. They're ticked off that they lost in 2016, and that's why they're doing this whole thing. You have developed a full-fledged case of what many in the media call Trump derangement syndrome, and sadly, you would never get over it. You're unwilling willing, and unable to accept the verdict issued at the ballot box during the great election in 2016. So you have spent three years straight attempting to overturn the will of the people, American people, nullifying and nullified their votes. And your view... Your view of democracy, you view as democracy as your enemy. 
Which is pretty true for the most part. Honestly. It's like, they're even saying that 2020 is already going to be illegitimate. So, without even... That, that, that election is like less than a year away. And they're already declaring it is, is going to be illegitimate. So... Anybody who takes Democrats seriously and doing this whole thing, saying they're only doing it to protect the Constitution, they're lying. Because I mean, they've been doing this for... They've been investigating him for two and a half years. They had tried to investigate him for influence to cheating... They investigated him for cheating in the 2017 election. They found nothing, no evidence of that. So, yeah, they're just... Again, they're all ticked off that they lost twenty sixteen. That's why that's why this is happening. You and your party are are desperate to extract from America's extraordinary economy, a credible job jobs boom, a record stock market, soaring confidence, and flourishing citizens. Your party simply cannot def- compete with our record. Which is very, very true. And he goes on saying that the lowest employment rate for African Americans, Hispanic Americans, and Asian Americans, a rebuilt military, a completely reformed VA, and with choice and accountability with our great veterans, and more than 170 new federal judges and two Supreme Court justices, and a, a tax and regulation cuts and all that good stuff, which is all true. And this is actually President Trump's um, 2020 campaign right here. He's going to focus on like. I have a great economy. I have you know, a lot of great policy and all that. And just look at the Democrats. What have they done? What have they done? All they've been doing is investigating me because they're ticked off about 2016. And that message, message is going to work. It's totally going to work. So, yeah. I mean, this letter, letter is completely true. It's very colorful. And, I'll, again, you can read it, the whole thing for yourselves. Yes. But it's completely and utterly true. So, yeah. And again, like, the polls for this whole thing has been very, very brutal. Very brutal for them. Because, I mean, just say, go back to last month. Last month, uh, Joe Biden was in the lead in front of President Trump for, um, for months. But now, no longer. I mean, again, I mean this, I mean, this poll particular right here is not like fully. I want to say it's not accurate. I mean, it is accurate for the most part, but it's not considering everybody. But other polls are echoing this right here. So it's from if I can find it. Well, here's a, actually one of the other one of polls right here. Um, this is in the case of like Hillary Clinton decided to run in 2016 again, or 2020, and this is the national poll about that. Donald Trump is 49 percent plus six, and then Hillary Clinton is 43 percent. And Hillary Clinton has like stated that she might might run in 2020. Good luck with that. Like, I used to say, you know, if Hillary Clinton were, were to run is that she will probably win because you know they want Democrats will more Democrats will show up to vote for her but I mean now looking at the polling for it I highly doubt that that but here is the now the new general election poll it's from the Suffolk Suffolk um, University in US Today poll and it has here's what it says Trump um, is now ahead of Biden at 44 to 41. And Trump is ahead of Sanders, Sanders 44 to 39. Trump is ahead of Warren 45 to 37. Trump is ahead of Bloomberg 43 to 34. And Trump is ahead of 40, um, Buttigieg 43 to 33. That is, that is insane. Because again, just last week, or not last month, uh, Biden was ahead of Trump by a good margin, and that margin just dropped over this last one because of the impeachment stuff. The American people are not up for an impeachment 
in court or anything. They're not afraid whatsoever. So, and I'll be very surprised. Very surprised that this doesn't backfire on them. And also, just the media's reaction to this whole thing has just been hilarious. Very hilarious. This whole thing. I mean, they've been all, like, they've been, like, echoing what the Democrats are saying, that they're all sad and somber through this thing. Um, they have, they have, they're all objective to this whole impeachment thing. Again, BS. B completely S. I mean, there was a photo that went around on Twitter or that basically shows the people, editor, reporters at the Washington Post celebrating impeachment and calling it impeachments. And they rightly got caught out for it. But here's the most hilarious thing. The Washington Post then released a statement saying, you know, the riot and Republicans were mischaracterizing this photo. Uh-huh. I'm sure of it. I'm very sure of it. So here's a post from the CNN. Washington Post editor Marty Barron says critics are distorting Mary Peachman's photo. Are they now? Are they really distorting it, or are you just saying that to cover your butt? The Washington Post says the photo of that a photo of this report is unwinding after a long, yeah, excuse me, long day of impeachment proceedings is being misconstrued by Trump White House officials and allies. Donald Trump Jr., who regularly attacks the press, claimed that the photo showed reporter Rachel Bay celebrating yesterday's farce, and they were. I mean. Look at that freaking photo. It's clear, and they called it Mary Peachmas. So the idea that they were not celebrating at all is completely BS. I mean, there was a video of uh, Representative uh, Rashida Tlaib that she was going into the impeachment vote smiling and laughing and all that. So, I mean, that pretty much blows the Democrats' case in half right, or in pieces right there. Press Secretary Stephanie Grissom tweeted out the photo three times, leading credit, credits to suggest that the White House is assailing the press to distract from the president's, president's impeachment. <clears throat> I'm sure they're trying to do that, because yeah, I'm sure President Trump is all like heartbroken that he got impeached, that he wants to distract it from them, but again, the polls don't like support that, actually. Most Americans are not up for this. That's why the polls against Democrats are dropping pretty badly. So, I mean, yeah. Again, where this will lead eventually is that, I mean, it would probably go to the trial in the Senate, but it's not going to be, he's not going to be committed in the Senate. There's no way possible that's going to happen. And... And that will leave, you know, Democrats disappointed. And, you know, they have vowed that they're going to continue trying to impeach him. If it's to get, investigate him and all that. Good luck, gang. If you want to keep doing that, go right ahead. And I'm sure that's going to be totally fine with American people. With American people. So, yeah. I mean, my prediction right now is that Trump is going to win probably by a landslide. Depending on who the nominee is. Even if it's Biden, I've... Is probably going to win. It's probably going to be a little more competitive, but I think Trump's still going to win it, especially after this. But if it's like someone like Warren, I, she's going to get slaughtered. Dem- Democrats in the House and the Senate are going to be slaughtered. So, yeah. I mean, again, things could change in a in about in what eleven months or so. Until then, but hot is. If, especially if Democrats keep dragging this on and on for 11 months, that's not going to look good for them. Not at all. Alrighty. So, enough with a piece from stuff because, f- quite frankly, I mean, it's funny, it's funny enough, like, you would consider, you would think that the impeachment of the president, the third president in U.S. history to be impeached, you would think that would be, like, the talk of the town. It honestly isn't. Not at all. Because nobody cares. Because they know that Democrats had no reason really reason to impeach him. So, yeah. And that's why I just don't really care about it anymore. 
And so, like, once this goes past, like, nobody's going to care about it unless Democrats keep dragging it, dragging it, dragging it, which is likely. Alright, so let's get into some scripture. So, last week I said, you know, we're going to be continuing in the book of John. And this is going to be a section over Jesus, the bread of life. And it's going to start from verse 22 to 59, I believe. So, it's going to be a long section. I may or may not do the whole thing. Let's see what time does for us. But, yeah, you can, again, follow along with me. And I'll be a new living translation. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the far shore saw that the disciples had taken the only boat. And they realized Jesus had not gone with them. Several boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the Lord had blessed the bread and the people had eaten. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went across to Capernaum to look for him. They found him on the other side of the lake and asked Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus replied, I I tell you the truth. You want you want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about the about perishable things like food. Spend your energy on seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. Which is yeah, which is basically what he's saying there. It's like again, like don't focus on like the little things. Especially like things of this earth, like uh like money or whatever, like focus on him. And all that, because he he's eternal. Everything on here on earth is is temporary. Money, like says, and all that. It's all temporary. Jesus is eternal. And yes, that is kind of a quote from Willie Robson and Guys Not Dead movie. But anyways, here's continues right here. They replied, "We want to perform God's work. God's works. Two. What should we do?" Jesus told them, "This is the only the work God wants from you." Believe in the one he has sent. They answered, Show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can he do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them the bread from heaven to eat. I, Jesus said, I'll tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of a God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives you life to the world. Sir, give us that bread and they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will be never be thirsty. But you haven't believed in me, even though you have seen me. However, those the Father has given me will come to me, and I will never reject them. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who has sent me, not to do my own will. And this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of those, all those he has given to me, given me. But I should raise them up at the last, last day. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day. So, yeah, the whole... You know, Jesus is the, you know, bread alive and all that. That's, you know, completely true and just very, very cool right here. Like, very awesome is because when we meet by the bread alive, it's basically, like, the very essence and how you live. Like, what you live for. And, and basically, if you... Live for things on this earth, like get the bread from this earth. That's only gonna be temporary. You're gonna keep getting hungry. You're gonna be looking for other things. Like say, for example, like say if you have, like, you've been deeply like hurt in your life, or whatever, and you now go to alcohol to kind of patch those wounds, but it doesn't work. So you go to another thing like go to like, marijuana. That doesn't work. So you go to other drugs and just keep going looking for something to fill in that hole in your heart but then but all that all that really does is all you're doing is putting a little patch over your wounds but in this is very like very like 
fragile, like, threading and all that, and that's going to keep ripping apart, ripping apart. But then Jesus gives you an entire new, like, entire new heart and all that. So there's no need to keep like, stitching up your heart. Jesus will take the old one and give you a new, like, healed one. So, yeah, that's pretty spectacular. It's just, just really awesome. That's why. That's why I want to see people come to Christ right here. It's because, because of this. Because there's so much freedom in it. So much, like, all your worries. I mean, of course, you're going to have, like, all sorts of, like, problems and worries to come along. But with Jesus, like, that's going to be so minimal. Because instead of, like, telling, like, God how big your problems are, tell your problems how big you Tell God how, no, tell your problems how big your God is. So... So that's all I'm gonna I'm probably gonna stop there for now. I'm gonna continue the rest with it next time I'm back. Which will probably be January third or the fourth, probably. But it's definitely gonna be in the new year. Alright, so that's about it. Let's get into some of the good stuff and master of the week. So some good stuff, um who was it? On Thursday night, um went to go see the new Star Wars movie, the Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. And okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, was it an awful movie? Was it? Did I hate it? No, it wasn't. It wasn't awful. It just it didn't hit the mark completely for me. It was okay at best, mad at worst. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. But I will say this: it was better than Last Jedi. But it just it missed the mark. It was just too fast paced. The whole thing, the plot, it was hard to follow the plot. I mean, the plot. I mean, if I watch it again, I probably follow it a little better. But it was just so fast paced because kind of going from scene, then a couple of sides to another scene, 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 scene. It's just so, so many scene transitions. It was just hard to follow. So, but it was definitely better than Last Jedi. And here's where I go my rant by Star Wars. So, with the new trilogy. So, with the... A lot of people, like, hate the new trilogy entirely. entirely. I don't hate the entire new trilogy. I actually... With The Force Awakens, I love The Force Awakens. I thought J.J. Abrams did a good job setting up something for the future, for the new trilogy and all that. And, yeah, I liked, I liked the, all the new characters and the nostalgia in it. I, I really loved it. And then Last Jedi came around just like... Yeah, I did not like Last Jedi at all. It's actually my least favorite Star Wars movie that ever made. And then with the Rise of Skywalker, um, the problem with Last Jedi is that Ryan Johnson, the director of Last Jedi, was he was writing the Last Jedi while the Force Awakens was still being filmed and all that. So, like he was making up his own story pretty much, and then just nothing. I mean, there were some things that connected, the last Jedi connected to Force Awakens, but there was a lot that isn't. And another thing that bothered me about the last Jedi is that with Luke, they turned him, his, they, they completely destroyed his character. And just, so many things I just did not like about the last Jedi. And with the Rise of Skywalker, I think J.J. Abrams was trying to fix, fix everything the last Jedi kind of ruined. For this new trilogy. And like he tried to fix it. But I don't think it. It panned out well. And just made made the whole movie a mess. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, that was kind of tickly. But yeah. It's my impression of this new trilogy. Is that. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not entirely. I, not, I don't hate it. But it's just not. Not up there, my favorites whatsoever right now, and I actually like the prequel trilogy. I know, I know it's like popular to hit on the prequels and all that, but I actually do like the prequels, like even episode one. Um, actually, episode two is my least favorite of the prequels. Episode one, I really like. I'm popular opinion, but I really like episode one. But episode two, I do like too. But um, there was a lot of problems I had with it, especially the whole romance between Anakin and Padme and all that. So. Yeah. 
Let's come out of Star Wars right now. So I, I can keep going, but I'm not gonna. I'm not going to. All right, let's get into some bad stuff of the week. So this one is an insane story right here. So to give you kind of background to where this whole started, so there was some someone named Maya Foss, Forstetter, who was a tax expert in um, UK, and she was fired from her job for um, criticizing a law that UK passed that allows you know people to change their legal legal gender and their documents and all that and she criticized this rightfully so and it said that you know say if someone gets arrested and they they're they identify as a woman but they're actually a biological male they'll be sent to a woman's prison which the implications that come from that the ramifications that will come for that is just too risky like I'm like it makes no sense and the idea, like, for someone, just, it doesn't make sense. Again, like, this tells you, like, the less view on this whole thing. They say that, you know, sex is binary, like, people who identify as a man who identifies a woman is actually a biological woman. Not true. They're biological men who just believe that they're women. Men are men, and women are women. It's gonna put it out there. So, how this really got amped up on Twitter now is that J.K. Rowling, um, the author of the Harry Potter series, which is one of my favorite childhood books, and it's still I love. Never read the books in a while, but I still love the movies today. But you know, J.K. Rowling, she's not a person on the right whatsoever. She's definitely on the far left. She has stand up many, many, many times. Like she, like remember. A few years back, she came out saying, you know, Domador was gay from the, the whole time, or whatever. Still other stuff. But here's what, here's what she tweeted out. And this, um, orchestrated an entire, like, backlash and cancellation of J.K. Rowling. It's very, very ridiculous. So here's what it says. Just have a review, please. Call yourself whatever you like. Sleep within the consenting doll who, who, who have you. Live your best life in peace and security. Before swimming out the jobs for stating that sex is real. Hashtag I stand with Maya. Hashtag this is not a drill. And this got her canceled on Twitter. But everybody was outraged. How dare she do this? And all that. It was all stupid. And the headlines. The headlines that came after it. It's just very dumb. Let me see if I find the Fox, the Vox headline. So, yeah, I mean, all the like, lines with it is like, and check out Roland's transphobia is a product of British culture. Like, they're calling her transphobic and, and all that, like, and then they're accusing her of destroying the legacy of Harry Potter and all that. I'm sure, like, people are going to now stop watching the Harry Potter movies and stop reading the books because J.K. Rowling tweeted out this very simple tweet right here. Like, seriously? I highly doubt that. Because... Not everybody who likes Harry Potter is a left-winger. There's a lot of conservatives that do like Harry Potter as well. So, it's all stupid. And this is the problem with cancel culture right here. Like, if, even people on the left who say something even remotely, like, based on reality, they can can, they got canceled for being offensive. It's all, it's all stupid and just... Very problem with our culture today, and it's gonna be it's gonna get worse. So eventually, UK is gonna have a law to where like that's gonna be considered hate hate speech, and she's gonna be arrested for that. And that's gonna if we're not careful, that's gonna come to America too. All right, so then that's all I have for today. Um, before I go though, um, I do want to make this quick pitch. You know, with uh, Christmas coming around and all that good stuff, um, there is gonna be there's a lot of people like people who will not be separate celebrating with their 
you know, with a parent or because their parent, their dad or mom is currently overseas or like serving in the military and all that. So one thing I do want to kind of recommend like look into because I mean, there's been a lot of like wounded like veterans who won't, who are just in bad shape and just won't be able to get can't get the help necessary to help them heal. That's why I recommend going look at checking out the Wounded Warrior Project. You can like it's a very good site. They do a lot of good stuff for veterans, and I recommend like doing a monthly donation or whatever you want towards it. It just it helps them out, and I just I recommend recommend doing that. Alrighty, so again, that's all I have for today. So um, again, um, you can find me on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. I'll keep trying for iTunes, but the high likelihood that would happen is very unlikely. I can get on iTunes because they're just being absolute jerks right now. Like seriously, like. I figure out one problem, and then there's another problem that arises. So, I'm eventually figure it out. I'll eventually probably get on iTunes. But, I think the problem is, is that I don't have an Apple, Apple product. That's probably why it's being very difficult. But, we'll see. I mean, hopefully, hopefully it pans out. But otherwise, like, share, subscribe, and I'll see y'all in the next year. The new year. In, in January. So, everyone... I hope everyone has a wonderful Christmas and Happy New Year. Um, enjoy time off if you do have time off this week. And just you spend time with your families and all that good stuff. And yeah, that's all I have. See y'all next See y'all then. My name is Sean Clinton and this is the God of Freedom Show.